0: There
1: I play Well, 38 minutes after we get on the Zoom call, we're finally ready to record this episode of Sean and D's (laughs) Good Tape. Sean Newell here. Dennis Brzezinski, how you doing, D? Hello, Bongo. Doing very good. Richie Seymour, I'm I'm doing good. Richie Seymour alongside too. How you doing, Richie?
0: Gentlemen, it's great to be back. Another fine day.
1: <laughs> I think it's a problem when we go this long without recording, though, because we have so much to discuss that we, I mean, seriously, we've literally been on this call for 40 minutes already and just hit the record button. So maybe we should just start recording all the rest of it, and people would think that we're crazy basically by the time we got to the it- show.
0: It would definitely be the last episode because uh, you know we would we would offend everyone.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So one thing that won't be offensive this week is the playlist. I think this is a really really good playlist this week.
2: We needed this one after that shit show that you guys threw together the last time we did a, a, a playlist. Wait, like this. who threw it together? Oh, yeah. that's right. I that's can- right. Canonically I threw it together according to you guys. But yeah. that's right.
1: Oh. And and uh, am I right that we might have a special guest this week d is this the case you're being kind of coy about it but i'm kind of interested to see what this is going to be all about
2: we do we do i'll let you know uh i sent them to you uh and you said you hadn't listened to them yet so uh, uh we'll we'll uh uh yeah yeah we've we've got some interesting things and i'll bring them up when it's appropriate
1: okay all right but let's get into it we've got once again a great playlist and that starts off with i don't know whose song this really is because it's kind of d's pick but richie's the one who found the song but go ahead d
2: well it's it's uh the highway to hell from tom morello's upcoming atlas underground album that features bruce springsteen and eddie vetter and i had originally had a different uh pearl jam song picked for this one but mm-hmm. Richie made a good point when this was released like right after i sent you guys the playlist and i was like shit yeah no this is awesome we should talk about this song, Tamarella's a favorite, Sp- Springsteen is amazing, and of course, Eddie Vedder, so there, there's our Pearl Jam connection, this song's fucking outstanding, like, uh, it's it's a nice different take on it, and Eddie's and Bruce's voice uh, uh, do really well with, with it. It, to the point that, like, you almost can't tell the two apart. Like, on,
0: uh, uh, like, I had to watch the video to figure out, okay, what parts is Eddie singing? Like, I know Bruce is leading off, but
2: well, yeah. well, that yeah, when when Eddie starts the second verse, it sounds he sounds a lot like the way Bruce was singing. It's only when he does like one of those little Eddie part things that you realize, oh shit, okay, there it is.
3: But, uh, but and,
1: yeah. and and the connection between Bruce Springsteen and Tom Morello grows stronger with this song, you know, because they've really had quite the relationship over the past I don't know what now decade, maybe more than that, you know, that they've been um, you know collaborating quite a bit together.
2: Yeah, it, with the the ghost of Tom Joe being the most uh, one that stands out. But I and I didn't realize like when they played this song apparently in the, in 2014. I remember this uh, when Bruce was touring in Australia, uh, uh, and Tom Morello was apparently. Uh, uh, Steven Dent was filming a TV show so Tom Morello was filling in for him which is fuck I would have loved to have seen that and, uh, and Eddie Vetter happened to be in Australia so they pulled him out and did the song live in 2014 uh, with, with the video I sent you guys and, uh, yeah, and that was incredible so to hear a studio version of this is fucking outstanding so there's a little
0: more to that story they uh tom morello has a a weekly show on lithium on sirius Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's his underground he plays music and he debuted this song on it last weekend and was talking about it and he said they were you know they were actually in perth um australia one night and he goes out and he wants to find uh, uh bon scott's grave so he's like touring a cemetery trying to trying to find the, the grave site and, and like a spooky figure comes out of nowhere and sure enough knows where it's at and points him to it. So he goes back to the hotel after that. And he, he was talking to Bruce and he's like, Hey, I think we should do a, uh, an ACDC cover. And he gave, he gave Bruce uh, 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 several of the songs. And Bruce's like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not sure that's, that's in my wheelhouse, but, but let me look at them. And, and Bruce picked this one. And, and that's when they came back and did it on on the next show but I thought it was just interesting. That's interesting. You said a a,
1: a spooky figure at the cemetery that pointed out where the, uh, (laughs) that's creepy. Yeah. Well,
0: and it was like dead of night too. Like it was like, like you're not supposed to be in the cemetery at that point. And it's, it's really, so it's just a little uh, marker because Bon Scott was cremated. So it's like not a huge thing that you, you might maybe
2: expect this song or this song or back in black are probably the two most iconic ACDC yeah. songs,
1: would you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I would I would probably throw Thunderstruck in there too. Yep. You still hear oh, it sure. all the time, so.
2: That's kind of like the Rolling Stones Start Me Up, the Thunderstruck one is it's yeah. not mm-hmm. the it's not the great song, but it's you know, one that uh that people, you know, often associate with them, you know, like word association sort of thing. Although
1: you do have to appreciate the guitar work at the beginning of that song. It is pretty good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Speaking of guitar work on the
2: song, when I when I first li- was listening to it, I was in uh in the car. And, uh, uh, you know, pull it up on Apple and uh, and like the beginning where it's just like a record player, you know, playing the uh, uh, thing in the background almost. I'm like, is something wrong with the speakers here? <laughs> like, what's going on? Why is it doing that? It wasn't until I listened to it on headphones when I realized the effect they were going for. And it just seems like a waste of Tom Morello's guitar. But I get what he was doing. You know, he's trying to be like, hey, let's, you know, it's like we're playing this song. And, you know, this is a classic sort of thing. But,
0: but yeah, that's what you know. I did love the video that you sent out that it's, you know, so by that point, Van Zandt was back, Morello's back on stage, Bruce is on stage. So then they just give Eddie a tambourine, like, here, play with this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and how happy Eddie better look to be on that stage, too. (laughs) like having like a, a blast mm-hmm. yeah like a child i he, know he's like one of his heroes he
1: and dave Grohl both love to collaborate with other artists i mean it's like they're it's like their thing and you can tell that they almost enjoy doing that more than they like playing with their regular bands you know just because it's different <laughs>
2: yeah uh the next song richie that is is uh is yours
0: yeah yeah it's uh so so this one oddly enough i originally had a different song in this spot because, but then I realized that's not the song I want. So I sent you this song, and then as soon as I hear the playlist, I'm like, Oh wait, that's not the song I wanted either. So it's still a good song. It's uh, it's uh, one <laughs> one thing by Finger Eleven. It's I've always been a favorite of mine. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't the song I intended to put on.
1: Here. What song did you want on here?
0: Uh, that I'll I'll let you know when we have it on here.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: I like this song. I had lot. heard this song. I think it's a great yeah, song. Yeah, I
2: did. I I I don't I I I never bought this cd uh, but uh i i always really liked this song but uh, uh yeah i hadn't heard it in probably 15 years
1: you know, what's, yeah. you know, what's funny about this playlist though, and I don't want to give away the entire playlist or anything like that, but in the notes here, you've got the the thing about how it was used on, on WWE raw after Chris Benoit died. It's kind of a tribute to him before they realized that he brutally murdered his wife and child and then killed himself. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but the funny thing is, is there are several songs on this playlist that actually connect back to wrestling. Which is strange. I, well,
2: well, going th- going through the notes, like that was unintentional, obviously, because there mm-hmm. were songs each of us picked individually. But uh, but I, I kept noticing that. So I, I, you know, and this was around the time we sort of got out of wrestling, I guess, but we're still sort of watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was interesting that all of these, like so many of these songs had that connection, you know, somehow to, uh, you know, WWE. Mm-hmm. It-
0: but I, I think that's kind of natural because this was the time frame when a lot of newer music was getting used on on TV and various things. Because like this was also a Smallville song and like there's about a half dozen other Smallville songs that I will probably use from time to time because that show kept every like two or three weeks would pull a new song that that no one had heard before. And then that song would blow up. Kind of kind of kept
2: going. Yeah, no, it's a great song. I, I, I'd forgotten all about it until you uh, you threw it on there, Richie. And it's not a, just, even the one you wanted. Yeah, I,
0: I've always just thought it's a it's a nice kind of uh slow love song. It it and actually, oddly enough, I, I'm sure you did this on purpose, but it really fits well into the next song. Like tonally, I think the two songs just blend
2: together one one to the one to the next. Yes, yeah, and and then the song following that is kind of an extension to it, but yeah. in, a, in a different sort of tone. And uh, but yeah, uh, so I guess. That's a good way to go into this next song uh why don't we go ahead and sean play that first bit uh so what happened is uh uh, uh you guys apparently started making comments about probably our w- w- most loyal listener uh which happens to be your father richie homer uh, we hadn't heard from him a long time and uh, uh so all of a sudden I get a phone call last week saying, why are those guys talking shit about me? <laughs> He's like, I got stuff to say. I've been, ho- I've been quiet for way too long. And bo boy, did he have stuff to say? Sometimes. You don't know why he'd been quiet Sorry, for way ready. too
1: You know why he'd been quiet for way too long? Because he doesn't know how to use technology. That's why. <laughs> Here, let me play it.
3: This is Homer Seymour of World Radio. You might be wondering why I have broken my silence. As you know, last week, I was brutally insulted by Sean and Richie. So I'm here to set the record straight. It's all about football and their jealousy towards me and my quarterback, Tom Brady. TB12, which stands for the best. Oh, God. <laughs> See, everybody has songs that goes with their favorite teams. Since the season started with Dallas at my bucks, Sean will be singing their only song. Every cowboy sings a sad, sad song, and every <laughs> cowboy fan knows them all. What the fuck, Sean? Do better than that.
1: I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, I really, I really don't even know what to say. I mean. <laughs> I mean I- bandwagon I, I th- I think, perhaps
0: well not not even that but like he jumped on to Tom Brady after the dude had won five Super Bowls
1: yeah yeah that's not even yeah that's not even bandwagon that's just ridiculous more than yeah. anything hmm. <laughs> what the fuck shot I do better <laughs> hmm. do you remember what I said last week I repeat that saying I, he knows he knows what I said last <laughs> week I repeat it I'm not gonna say it again but I repeat it in my head hmm is this it is this do, does he have more that he'd like to say or uh or um oh no was... no there's more there's
2: there's more there's more we'll bring it up uh uh here not too long oh but, my goodness uh so the next song that we talked about is uh totally uh in tune with the uh, finger 11 song sean
1: yes um i picked my sacrifice by creed which is a song off i believe their third album yeah and uh, I have always really liked the vibe of the song, and, and you're right, it does it does fit very, very well together. And Dennis, before we get too far into the song, you were really big on us watching the video for the song. I'm kind of curious as to, I, I did watch the video, and I know Richie said he did as well. What was, what was your um, reasoning behind wanting us to watch the
2: video? Because it made absolutely zero sense. Like, I, I, I did not get how it relates to the song at all. Uh, uh, just they were they're playing in like a flooded area uh, and and I mean the visual was cool but then there was like kids playing baseball no it, I got it he was and, looking and,
1: back yeah. at his life yeah he, he was he literally go he was he was he was literally floating through this thing looking at different scenes from his life yeah. and, oh, and Oprah, he was yeah. he was
0: on on the river Styx going to Hades
2: oh. okay
0: and, and that's where like because that's how it mixes that that dark imagery that's in it with the the lighter stuff of the kids playing baseball and 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 all those things this song has I, a lot this guess, has, this
1: song has a ton of religious overtones to it oh, is, yeah. Really, yeah. Well, is really it really what it was it's, it's, yeah
2: I, I mean the comment I sent uh, uh I mean it's basically him uh uh you know reconnecting with you know you know after his addiction problems and everything reconnecting with his spirituality with his religion with with you know Jesus and uh uh yeah no the video I just I, I I mean i understand it now but it's a little over the yeah. top oh uh,
0: definitely and, pretentious yeah, yeah. would be the word i'd
2: use yes yes mm-hmm. uh but uh but yeah but no like like i had of course i'm not a huge creed fan uh you know we i think we've talked about we had a my own prison on on uh an early episode uh uh you know and that album is is, is i think so underrated now at, at, at this time but but the once they got big and and we're writing these kind of over the top ballad sort of things, uh, you know, where they kind of war on people, uh, including myself. Uh, but but I forgotten how good this song is, actually, you know, the music and the lyrics and and you know, his voice in it. Uh you know, I, I mean obviously it's schlocky about, you know, his connection with, you know, it's obvious religion over religious overtones, like you said, Sean. But uh it's uh but yeah, yeah. The first time I listened to it, once you picked it, I I, I actually got like goosebumps like fuck this is this is a really well-written song mm-hmm.
0: and, and i almost think that that's kind of the the tagline for creed that it's one of those bands that people really should go back to and just hear it in little doses because they have about five songs like this we just got so just incredible
1: and to the point of little doses that was the problem is we got so inundated because creed yep. was on the radio all the time, all the time. And th- you know yeah. and, and that's that's where it became a little bit troublesome so
2: uh Friday night uh when we thought we were going to record uh yesterday morning uh uh it's Sunday morning uh, but uh, I I watched the I found the behind the music uh uh on, online and uh wow that guy, that dude had a fucked up life mm-hmm. uh, yes uh his dad seems like a huge you know like like an old school like you know 1950s you know preacher sort of mentality uh, like iron fist sort of thing uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it was just like, I, I, you almost feel bad for the guy, yeah. but you know, when he kind of presents himself as this asshole, this pretentious Dick, uh, you know, it kind of takes away from that, but I kind of understand how he ended up that way. Well, if, it's what he grew up with,
0: if he grew like, up, I, I mean, if, that was his role model.
1: If he grew up that way though, that probably could be a defense mechanism more than it is anything, Oh, sure. you know, yeah, that yeah, went it, way too it, far, and, but yeah.
2: I, I don't. I don't. I didn't go back and listen to it, but I don't remember how much. I think we mostly just talked about the song itself uh, uh, when we had them on, uh, you know, another playlist. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those reasons why he kind they kind of they were shoved down our throats, and then this guy ended up being kind of a prick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was easy. It was easy to kind of you know dislike them. Mm-hmm. And I
0: like, you know, at the time we made, I know we mentioned that it was kind of like uh, in the Nickelback or Imagine Dragons kind of vein that, you know, it just, yeah, overplayed the, the music almost can come off as manufactured, but like, I'll, I'll say there was another song. I I listened to the point a bunch this week uh, for another reason and uh, a Creed song came on, that I had totally forgotten about, and it's a really good one. I will, we, we will throw it out there at some point in the future. And I just I forgot that song even existed.
1: There, I don't. I wonder if it's the same one that I'm um I'm thinking of because there's only one more Creed song that I would probably put on a playlist. But is it probably is then? Is it off their like post album from this one or is it before?
0: Did they have a post? I thought this. I thought Weathered was their last album. Maybe
1: it is, but then it's on this album. Then
0: I think yeah. I think it was one of the late ones.
1: Is it more of a hard hard rocker?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, it's the same one. (laughs)
1: It's the same one.
2: (laughs) There's still a couple of songs on their first album that are Mm -hmm. fucking outstanding. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They, they have a, a, like, like I said, they're, they're a much um, wider played band than, than people would remember just because you haven't heard them in so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason I was listening to the point was I wanted to see if they were playing any Wolfgang Van Halen. And sure enough, once this week I heard, uh, don't back down.
1: Mm -hmm. So nice. His, um, I will. Speaking what? speaking of him, if you watch any videos on YouTube of uh, his early performances, they're really good. By the way, I,
2: I can't wait until I feel comfortable to go see him in, in concert. I, I just, I, I imagine he puts on a hell of a show. Yeah.
1: I saw somebody speaking. I haven't watched this yet, but I need to I need to check it out. Apparently, Guns N' Roses, because he's opening for Guns N' Roses, or was. I don't know if, if he if he still is or or not. Because I know he's been playing some shows on his own, but apparently, Guns N' Roses are playing Slither in concert by the way Oh, interesting. yeah by velvet underground yeah. velvet underground no, velvet, velvet revolver Velvet Revolver. <laughs> velvet revolver. <laughs> you know which is interesting i i heard axel doesn't really pull it off all that well but now i, I gotta watch it at some point to see um well so who's def-
0: in guns and roses now
1: pretty much it, well, the original Duffin's, band mostly
2: is it okay mm-hmm. duff and slash uh uh the sorum the second drummer that they had after they kicked out adler uh Izzy's not in it, but I think it's that Gilby Clark is still playing in it. But, uh, mm-hmm. and he was like the rhythm guitarist that kind of backed them up on the road at, before Izzy left. But, uh,
1: it was kind of cool. Um, I was watching a video the other night of, uh, Wolfgang opening up for him, and you could see Duff standing behind him on the stage watching. And I love it when, uh, other bands, like the op- the big band of the night will watch the opening act, stuff like that. I just think that's really cool. I saw um, Sammy's band play several years ago at the State Fair, which is funny because his concert on Thursday night at the State Fair got canceled because of rain. But he played there in 2015, and Collective Soul opened for them, which was awesome opening act. And Michael Anthony stood on the side of the stage and watched them play the entire time, which I thought was really cool. The opening band the other night was supposed to be Tonic, by the way, a band that I totally oh. forgot existed. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. So that would have been kind of cool you to see, listened. but yeah. I can't even think of
2: a song. They had a couple of good songs. Uh, they did. Did they sing did I they can't. sing
1: if you could only see? Was that them? Yeah,
2: that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yep. I thought yeah, so, I but didn't. I wasn't positive. So what's next on I, our I, playlist? Uh right?
0: you've actually already segued into it uh with uh, opening bands.
1: Oh, I did. I didn't even mean to. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. your song. Go for it.
0: It is. It is. So uh, I, I picked uh, December by Collective Soul. And I think just like Creed, I think this is another band that if people go back and listen to, they're going to be absolutely amazed this how band. much good music this band has. This band is amazing.
1: Honestly, it, they, they they are they really, are. really good. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: They really are. Um, this is this is a great song. Another one I hadn't listened to. Like, uh, uh, There's a couple of... Uh, collective soul songs that kind of ro- rotate in and out of my playlist my personal playlist uh, this is wasn't one of them but this is it, it's a great fucking song yeah
0: and i i just i really kind of wanted to talk about this song because i remember what i always thought this song was about versus what this song is actually about um, yeah. uh d, d i'll let you take the what it's actually about because you you <laughs> dug it up this week
2: so they uh, he explained in a song facts interview the The lead singer, Ed Roland. Uh, We were going through a tough time with our first manager. I just felt like at the time, a lot of stuff happened really quickly. You got to remember we had a hit song before we had a label or even a true band. So that relationship started to deteriorate. And while we were in the studio, it came pretty naturally. I just wanted to talk about how I felt I was being used and whatever I did was not good enough ever uh the song is called december because that's the last month of the year i wanted to signify an ending but wanted something more poetic and it's abstract than the end or finale what had happened is like their original manager just kind of fucked them uh out of so much money you know once they became instantly famous after shine you know so this was just like uh, the kind of like closure that he needed he wrote this song so Richie, what did you think the song was? So
0: actually? so I mean, you listen to the lyrics, uh, don't drink the water from my head, contagious as you think I am, and then the choruses, uh, don't think about don't what is it?
2: Don't, don't scream about, don't think aloud, don't scream your about head, baby just spit me out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it pretty much sounds like a blowjob, but like that's what I always thought this song was about.
1: That's what was always said that it was about. That was yeah. always the folklore. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I never thought that. Yes, you did.
0: Yeah, we, had a, the, we had we had this conversation just, was, at Hamilton. We
1: we've had this conversation many times. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. But but I will say I, I did not I did not realize how religious Collective Soul was as a band. I mean Shine, yes, it's very obvious, but I don't feel like it is so much so in the rest of their music versus Creed, who is probably less religious, but their music gives that mm-hmm. that
2: religious vibe. Mm-hmm. I
0: just I thought interesting
2: juxtaposition. I well, I think there's some religious overtones in Collective Soul's music, but I don't think, I don't think I think Shine had it pretty heavy. So I think it was just always insinuated that that it was, and then so you kind of look for it in other songs. Uh, but I don't I don't think that was necessarily the point of their music.
0: No, it wasn't the point. But he grew up what a preacher's son, also right? Like he had uh, there were there were in some of the comments in the in the notes that you had like friends of his growing up, just like. Or maybe maybe it was something else I saw, but basically saying when 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 the the, the blowjob connotation comes into play, people are like, yeah, no, not this guy. Like this, that's not not who he is, not not how he would uh, create or craft a song, and and because of his strong religious background.
1: You've seen him in concert, right, Richie?
0: I've seen them twice. Uh, okay. So they came through both small venues. They came through and played the Academy, like circa ninety eight ish. Um, and that was, that was good show. And then they actually in 2003, so, you know, shortly after 9-11, they did a USO tour of the Middle East. Oh, nice. And I got, I got to see them in, in Djibouti, which um, since then, one of the people that traveled with them has released their journal of, of the early parts of that trip. And they, uh, when they get to Africa, like first they go through Bahrain and she's like, oh God, it's so hot. It's 105 degrees here. And then they get to Africa and she goes, like the first line of the journal is just, it's hot, like <laughs> Africa hot. And, and that's the thing. So so they were kind of shuttled around and this is a bare bones base. I mean, you're living in tents. They're shuttled around all day doing stuff. And the drummer got severely dehydrated, ended up having to go to the uh, the medical clinic and, and like, I think they said like three bags of IV put in him that day. And then turned around and played a kick ass show that night. Hmm. Like he it it was impressive because you know, usually you know, dehydration, it's the worst hangover you're gonna have ever. Right. And and he he was able to just come out and rock.
1: That's awesome. I've also seen I've also seen him in concert twice. And more recent years though, twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen. And um they were fantastic both times. I mean, just absolutely fantastic.
2: What were you gonna say, D? Uh, the the clip you sent, uh, you know, you said like '98 or something like that. It's it's funny that somebody actually had like cell phone camera footage of it. You know, it backwards. wouldn't have been a cell phone. It oh, had to have been it
0: had to have been a camcorder. But yeah, that was from the 2003 Djibouti concert. Yeah, um, yeah. it was it was them doing Shine, uh, which I think was their. Uh, get off the stage song at the end of the night
1: i think it still is <laughs> yeah. actually i think they closed with a, the the one that blows my mind though Of their all their songs is the world i know i love that song i just it's got such a great vibe to it and you know
2: that one and run
1: yeah run, run is run an is, awesome song the, too yeah
2: and those are those are the two songs that pop in and out of my uh you know my listening you know like uh when it's not the playlist or whatever those those are probably my two favorite ones yeah
0: yeah. But that, I mean, you still have like gel and which was on the same I album. December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good song. Yeah. Where the
1: good river song. flows is a really good song. Oh, that's oh, it. I, I yeah. All about mm-hmm. that. that's yeah. It and then yeah, even, even a little bit later, one, after, after those couple of initial albums, they put out a song called why part two, which is really, really good. Also it came out in like the early two thousands and it's a really good song too. So yeah. Yep. All right. We got our yeah. listener uh, pick, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, again going back to uh homer as being one of our loyal listeners uh, jen from france uh, suggested this song it's a uh, screaming trees nearly lost you uh it, it, great fucking song it, yeah it is it yeah. is
0: it, mm-hmm. it's one of those i never knew who sang it like it's one of those songs i've heard so many times i know it i love it never even bothered to figure out who sang it it just comes on the radio and i enjoy it
2: mm-hmm. yeah i would agree yeah. it, it, it was one of those quiet hits like like if we were in a if we were growing up somewhere bigger you know, we may have been exposed to it a little bit more. I mean, I know they played it on the radio every once in a while, uh, in, you know, in Springfield, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's a great song. I, I forgot it was on the single soundtrack too.
1: The single soundtrack was quite the soundtrack. Oh, it's so fucking good.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, the other thing, uh, here is, is I forgot, uh, that, uh, Barrett Martin was the drummer for, uh, Screaming Trees. He, he also ended up helping, uh, Mike McCready and, uh, form Mad Season, uh, which we talked about a few times on this, on this show. Uh, But uh, I, I, when that name popped up again, I was like, Oh fuck, I forgot all about that. He was the screaming trees. Again, another Seattle area band, uh, uh, you you know, going into that, but yeah, no, this is just such a well-written song.
1: I don't feel like screaming trees was, was wildly popular in our time, you know, like where we were at, you know, when, when they were, when they were a band, they weren't crazy popular.
2: And, and that's what I was saying, like they weren't, you know, like if we lived in, in a market like Chicago or St. Louis that had a, uh, a straight alternative station where, you know, QLZ e for us was, you know, more just rock that, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, alternative music was part of rock, but, you know, like Q101 Q or, uh, or The Point, you know, that was playing mostly, you know, they weren't playing ACDC or Led Zeppelin or anything like that. They were just playing straight up current alternative music.
0: And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't think the point existed on that format back then. Like I thought I thought they started like maybe college years, uh, late high school. I don't even know. Before we started listening, we could pull them and, and they're playing alternative.
1: Could be that wrong. was back before I ever got to go to St. Louis or anything like that. So yeah. I yeah. Well, I, mean,
2: we, I mean, we weren't <laughs> driving around St. Louis yeah. at that point. We were barely driving around at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. The point reaches our area now.
0: Like you can, oh, it does? you can listen to the point. Yeah. You can listen to the point up in Franklin. Wow. Easily. Hmm. It's, and it, and, I, and it was like that, like when I was coming home in college, you could hear it, hmm. but I
2: don't remember that in high school. There were certain parts. There are certain parts around us. I mean, not around where we were that, that you could pull it in, but I never thought it was like Franklin proper.
1: Well, Franklin proper is YMG. Let's be real. So <laughs> well, YMG comes in here in Texas too. <laughs> I
2: mean, that had that had some fucking
1: reach that yeah station. it did yeah it did well it, it stick original originally was in jacksonville was part of the reason why it was so um so booming. oh mm-hmm. and then it moved to springfield
0: i didn't realize it moved to springfield
1: mm-hmm. so yeah so see- so
0: like your your first uh job first job post college job just no longer exists like that's the the building's not there anymore
1: well no that's not ymg that's w-e-a-i
0: and oh, that's, that's, right. that's
1: out of Linville. They they YMG was in that building and then it moved to Springfield yeah. and um then they they made WEAI to be kind of like the Jacksonville alternative. To okay, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why. Yeah, Screaming
2: all- Trees, Mark Lanigan, they're fucking great. Uh uh I would suggest going back and listening to uh, the Sweet Oblivion album uh, that this came off of. Uh you'll, there's probably a couple more songs that you might recognize from uh you know, like MTV player anything but uh but yeah mark Lanigan can write a hell of a song
1: so at uh, at this point d do you need a break or should we just keep on rolling no let's go ahead and flip this side b okay yeah. Let's go all right, so yeah. so, um, we're sort of flipping to side b because we're not taking a break, but uh, but anyway, the next song is mine, and I picked this song because Richie and I are gonna see the Counting crows in concert in six days, which is which is exciting, but um, hopefully this is, yeah, really, this is a song off their cart hard candy album, and it's called "If I could give all my Love or Richard Manuel is dead and it and it was a song that was never really a single or anything like that, but it was actually the first song I ever heard off this album because it was on some back in what, what year did this come out? 2002. It was back on yeah. some like pre YouTube clip that you could watch, you know, the video for a song that was going to come out. And this was the first song I heard off of it. And I thought from day one, this was a, was a really well put together song. I like it a lot.
0: Definitely. I de- definitely agree. I'm, I'm curious about the, the, the the sub tagline in the in the title because like like where did that come in i don't think i saw it in the notes at all oh yeah
2: no it, the inspiration for the song according to adam durds came from the sense of not lasting he felt when he went to bed and read a newspaper that stated richard manuel a founding member of the band had died of apparent suicide and like early on in the song you know got a message in my head that the papers had all come richard manuel is dead and the daylight's coming on uh you know so it, it, he started writing this song as basically like uh uh like the shock from hearing one of his favorite a member of one of his favorite bands you know killed himself and then so he like i think that's where it leads to if i could give all my love to you like i i I need this to be enough you know to keep going
0: but richard Manuel died like 15 years prior right like what didn't he die in the 80s yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay huh okay (laughs) it just the 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 connection that that would force him to to then turn around and write a song 10 or 15 years later on that topic i i just i kind of find dirt stated
2: that the sense of impermanence was overwhelming and 15 years after the death of emmanuel this sense inspired him to write the song
1: but i think you can take from from even the bill simmons interview with adam duritz that we all listen to he doesn't really think like normal people you know when it comes you know inspiration comes to him in weird ways you know you could tell from that i mean the the songs are great usually when he has that type of inspiration but uh but yeah i'm not I, i think it's probably something that 15 years later popped back into his head he was like i gotta write a song about this right now i think that's how a lot of artists actually function which is you know when you're not in that mindset which i don't think the three of us necessarily would ever be you know gonna be um you know like thought to be songwriters or anything like that you know i think it's just when inspiration comes it comes type of a thing
2: if i could give all my love to you i could justify myself but i'm not coming through your pill to ease the pain i love that line of all the stupid things i do i'm an anchor on the line of a clock that tells the time that is running out like that's the basically the chorus of the song and it's just so well written and like evocative Mm -hmm. uh so i was listening to uh uh uh, they just released on, on digital and, and vinyl, uh, uh, Cooley Patterson and Isbell, you know, drive-by truckers, uh, just put out, they had done like an acoustic show together in 2014 at the Shoals Theater. And, uh, uh, one of the songs that's on, uh, uh, uh one of the drive-by truckers album that uh, Isbell wrote was called Danko and Manual. And, uh, it, it was basically written about the two members, two members of the band, you know, that had, had passed away. And, uh, and he took that as an inspiration, you know. Like I was sitting there listening to it, not even connecting it to this song the other day. And then it's he had the line in it, Richard Manuel is dead, and I was just like, "Oh shit, that's fucking weird that this would pop in and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, around the same time." You know, real finally realizing who Richard Manuel was. Was That like
1: that. a goosebump like, moment when that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was
2: really cool. I had mm-hmm. I had to like I did the whole little fifteen second back thing. Just I was like, "Fuck, did he just really say that?" And okay, the song's called Danko Manuel. I guess that makes sense. Uh, this album actually, uh, Hard Candy, came out the same day that, by the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out. And uh, uh, I actually, I had gone to, was that Hastings that was in uh, Lincoln Square for a mm-hmm. while? Yeah. Yeah, I had gone there and I was going to buy one of the albums and I had picked up Hard Candy and I just had a feeling, like uh, this album never really stuck to me when it came out, and I, but I, so I bought By the Way instead And uh, uh, I think I made the right choice at that day, but like Sean, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Counting Crows was, you know, going back and listening to some of the stuff we weren't impressed with right away. uh, It's actually, they're actually really, really
1: good songs. Mm -hmm. It was just different. That's, I think that's the thing is, is they just changed their, or I shouldn't say they, he changed the way he wrote songs a little bit and it it didn't just, it just didn't click with us back then. But now most of those songs I, I do think are pretty solid, so yeah. And I've gone back quite a bit in the last several months to listen to stuff I hadn't because we're going to see them. And I know they don't just play the hits, if you will, from the first two albums. So I wanted to or really the first three, because I listened to the third one quite a bit too. you know, um, to I just needed to familiarize myself. So I did not know what songs we were listening to. It does look like, by the way, that they play the Buttersweet album straight through, like what we thought they were going what the, what we thought they were going to do, that they just start it and they play it straight through. So that'd be kind of neat.
0: Really, there's no reason to break up those songs. No. like they no, they they tell a coherent story.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they flow really well together when you listen to them that way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So the next song on this list is yours, D, and it was, <laughs> it was one of two songs that I had not heard prior to this, and I loved them both, and yep. I I thought this song was fantastic. But go ahead, since it's your song. So
2: it's it's you can't save me by Richie Kotzen. And uh, uh, so Spotify does this thing like, you know, uh, uh, where they'll, a weekly, they'll just kind of curate a playlist based on what you were listening to. And uh, uh, one of the times in Korea, like I got back and was doing, doing my reports to the, at the hotel. And I I just played that and the song came on and it just immediately, like, even from the opening, it just immediately struck me. And uh, uh, I sold my soul just so I could feel pain. I broke my heart so I couldn't feel pain I lost my faith cause I can't justify the weight. Like I, I, that. so the name popped up and I was like, God damn it. I recognize that name. Richie Kotzen. Like, what the fuck do I know that from? So in like in 1991, you know, at the height of grunge when, you know, poison had, had kicked out Bret Michaels or he had quit the band. And this guy was the replacement that they recorded that native tongue album with. And, and that song stand that they did, uh, uh, uh like like all of us like i hadn't listened to it or even thought of that fucking thing you know in 30 years and uh and then all of a sudden this song pops up and i'm like oh fuck yeah like this guy had to replace Brett Michaels in the middle of grunge exploding you know so like this was just like
1: yeah just
2: impressive but this song's so
1: fucking You know good. i did not know until this very moment that Brett Michaels was ever not in Poison and that they got a new yeah. lead singer i didn't know that
2: yeah this came i guess this came out probably early early 91 uh or or something like along those lines but uh i remember like when stan came on mtv and you're like well i'm trying to like this song because i like poison but it's just really not the same without Mm brett michaels Mm
0: -hmm. but but i don't even know that i realized that brett michaels wasn't in the band i remember native (laughs) tongue i don't either the album
1: yeah yeah but i don't yeah. yeah Yeah, I remember Motley Crue doing the, doing something similar with a new uh, lead singer, but I don't remember it with Poison. So, But at that point, th- those bands started to become pretty irrelevant pretty fast, so that might be why.
2: I think Van Halen changed singers once or twice, too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, 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 sidebar, but maybe I should wait until the last song to talk about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll hold off on this story. Let me remind myself uh, to do I will say I, I love
0: this song. Um, It's, it's very dark he he mm-hmm. has a few issues but i'm i'm pretty sure i think i can save them
2: uh <laughs> when it got to like the the first few lines uh you know like you don't see where it's going necessarily with the chorus I mean you, once you get there you get what it is i mean but the chorus starts with fuck your money fuck your fame fuck my life i'll walk away fuck our love fuck i'm sorry for anything i've ever done you can't save me <laughs>
3: and, and, know, it, like, it, it,
0: and it's like like reading the words are one thing but you really have to hear it because the way oh, no. it's like with the yeah. beat in the background and it's yeah. just driving and forceful the and anger like yeah, forceful it,
2: i was going to say anger it's it's yes. it's like anger at himself frustration and and emotional like it's so it's so powerful yeah like like the first time i heard it i was like what the fuck is this this is Mm -hmm. amazing and and not even just the like the oh he said fuck in the song or whatever the way he does it you know is is uh just so impactful it, it reminds me of there's a few rage against
0: the machine songs like that where it's they're yeah. one thing and then they drive into a chorus that's just really harsh and and overpowering and and that's really kind of mm-hmm. like some of the best
2: rage songs is what it really reminds me of
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah oh, here's a definite sidebar uh speaking of rage against the machine uh have you either of you guys seen the Woodstock 99 documentary that's on HBO Max
1: it's on my list no. to watch but i haven't i haven't seen it yet i w- I
2: watched that yesterday after the Suicide Squad, which is fucking great, by the way. And uh, uh, that, I, I I don't really have a a memory of that show. I mean, I remember you know hearing it was a big deal, but god damn it, that looked like a shit show. And uh, Rage Against Machine played there, and and like the two big the two big things that happened were like Limp Biscuit were you know basically accused of inciting a riot with the Break Stuff song, and then and post that. You know, like towards the end of the festival, uh, they were setting fire to like the the plywood state standings, and uh, and Red Hot Chili Peppers played a cover of Jimi Hendrix' Fire, which I remember. I remember like the imagery of the fire in the background as they're playing the Jimi Hendrix song. But goddamn, like like some of the it, it was just in, incredibly interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, suicide squad really quick since you mentioned it i only got halfway through it when i was watching it the other day and then my kids got home and i had to shut it off so yeah, not, really, not really not really a, a show appropriate for kids <laughs> god
2: there is some great some great fucking lines in the, uh john cena
1: john you know, cena's uh, freaking hilarious in that
2: movie oh my
1: god what yes, i saw god. the part where they're sitting in the theater and he starts talking about a starfish in a bottle yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god have you seen it richie Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that,
2: it, it's also a slang term for a butthole. Is that relevant? <laughs> no. no <it's> not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So The the play between
0: him and Idris Elba was just so good. Yeah. Like, just yeah. they had great chemistry. Yeah.
2: Uh, before we go into the uh, the next song, Sean, uh, why don't you go ahead and play the next uh, 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 Homer?
1: Clapper. Homer? You mean our
3: next Homer Magic?
2: on we'll yeah, a second yeah, yeah this one was directed at you richie
3: oh great yeah now i would like to do a shout out to another loyal listener who was brutally attacked on this podcast jen from france people are fools. Jen, <laughs> for over two decades the air force and i have been apologizing for richard <laughs> It is just a matter of time where we'd be doing it internationally. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Hmm.
1: But it's not all he has to say, right? It never no, is. It's,
3: hmm.
2: it's not. Uh, it, it, you miss the part with the, uh, uh, the one that was more the Atlanta part.
1: I didn't, that wasn't on there. Oh,
2: Mm-mm. no, he, he had a lot to say about your football team too. Oh, uh, well, well, I'll have to track that down for another episode, but but yeah, that was a shout out to Jed from France.
0: You know, right now my only hope is that that Atlanta never signs a decrepit ass old Tom Brady because I don't want that piece of shit rooting for my team.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh.
0: Jesus, hey Dad,
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas. The next,
2: the next song, the next song is yours, Richie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is another oh, song. Bird another song i had just totally forgotten about and i it came on the radio the other day and i'm like i think we did enjoy talking about this band it's uh uh tomorrow by silver yeah and uh it, it's uh, a are, are they oh actually a one-hit wonder band like did they have another
2: apparently going back to talking about the screaming trees sort of thing is i just don't think in our area they were but they have a huge presence, uh, especially in Australia, obviously. But but yeah. maybe stateside, this was really the only thing. But but the the neon ballroom, their next album after this one, Frogstone, actually sold really, really well in the states.
0: Okay, so yeah. it, I was interested because Sean had the same take when 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 he saw the playlist, he uh, like he immediately came back with a for you know the band that was supposed to be the next Pearl Jam, and and I remember that vividly too. That when mm-hmm. when tomorrow came out. There was huge hype on this band i thought they were supposed to be the next bush but like they were compared to yeah a pearl jam or a bush or somebody like that mm-hmm. and i don't remember where that came from
1: i think it was just probably djs on the radio that were saying it you <laughs> no more than anything i think that's well where, and the from
2: the tone of this song sounds an awful lot like, like you know bush obviously uh uh but uh i mean pearl jam i think was just the you know the the standard where people wanted to put yeah. people, you know, like oh, they could be the next Pearl Jam, just like you know, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam could have been the next U two or some shit like that. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they were only like sixteen when they wrote this fucking song, yep. too, which is incredible. I, I mean, it's a, it's a little kind of a haphazardly, like nonsensical, some sort of things in uh, uh, the videos out there too. But uh, but it's yeah, it's it's a really good song. I I remember how much I liked it when it first came out. Yep. Yep. I
0: bought the album. Didn't
2: I, listen yeah. to anything
0: else on it. I
1: remember how much I pretended that I liked it when it came out because everybody else liked it. And I thought I was supposed to like it. And I just didn't. And I still don't, I don't know what it is about it. There's no real reason that I don't like it. I just don't like the vibe to it. I don't like the sound to it all that much. And I remember, I remember we drive around and listen to it and everybody would be like, man, I love this song. And I'd, I'd, I'd be thinking in my head, I just don't like this song very much. And I don't know why I don't have a good I, reason.
2: I think the biggest reason I like this song was, was, the tone of it and it was fun to sing but you know listening to it for the last couple of weeks like the water out of the tap is very hard to drink mm-hmm. like yeah. when the song is about you know a rich guy bitching about not having more money or some shit like that but uh uh the, i i guess maybe that's uh, that's he's trying to talk about people don't have it as well as some other people i you know maybe but you know like i remember at the time i had no idea what the fuck he was talking about <laughs> No, I I never would have gotten that the song
0: was about a basically a a rich dude that had to spend a week in poverty.
2: Yeah. For game show
0: or something. Oh, I would have never
1: figured that out. No. (laughs) No, absolutely not.
2: I did I do like that it was a it was used in a Beavis and Butthead episode, "The Mystery of Morningwood." <laughs> At the start of the episode, the two main characters are singing "Boston's More Than a Feeling," then concluded that the song was stupid. It ended by stating how the video fails to disturb them. <laughs> <laughs> Beavis and <Butthead. laughs> Oh, and fuck! The name of the the album was "Frog Stump," you know, yes. which kind of made me think of always, you know, the frog baseball sketch on uh, Beavis and Butthead. Mm
1: this butthead i this, haven't, this out, I haven't this, thought about Beavis this song and for a long
2: time thanks Steve. this song and uh uh eve six oh what the hell inside, inside out i for some reason i always whenever i think of one of those bands i always think of the other one. Maybe a- have we done younger. the eve six song mm-hmm. at any point uh, that's on my I list think we, to do it I think we've talked about maybe doing
1: it. That's weird that they'd be on your list, though, at the same, you know, that they'd be kind of not on your list, but that you'd kind of compare the two because they didn't really come out at the same time, you know, or anything like that. And again, I
2: I don't know why, but every time I think of one of these bands, I always think of, you know, this song and and, uh, Inside Out together, Hmm. which they don't even
1: sound anything like each other either but you're
0: hmm. right because I, I would say eve six is more uh, inside out at least it's more like harvey danger or mm-hmm. a few of those other songs which came like, out around not-
1: the same time as that yeah that yeah, yeah absolutely
2: yeah uh yeah the next song is mine and it is judas by the band fozzy uh apparently the song came out in
1: 2017
2: hmm. and uh, uh fozzy's lead singer is, going back to the WWE connection. We we missed uh, uh, something uh, earlier. There was another song that got some sort of WWE mention, But uh, is the lead singer of this band is Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Uh, uh, and so, like, it, it, every once in a while, I'll check in and see what's going on in the world of wrestling, especially living in a hotel, you know, because sometimes there's just nothing else on TV. And, uh, and I saw this clip of once AEW, which, who Chris Jericho wrestles for now, uh, when they brought back the live crowd uh so this is Chris Jericho's theme music too now in Mm. AEW and the whole crowd was just singing it at the top of their lungs like it it, and you could like not only was it the first show back with fans but but you know so there was that that bit of it but it it just gave me goosebumps I was like fuck all right let me listen to that song and I went back and listened to it and it's fucking amazing it is a good song yeah it's a really good song mm -hmm. oh yeah uh uh it, it, it's just everything about it. Like I'm, I'm becoming Judas in my mind. just like, he's I'm a piece of shit. You realize this, you know, you should get away from me sort of like, you can't save me by Richie Totson. And just the fact that this guy is like a fucking millionaire pro wrestler and he gets to just stop and do this band. And he got to be everything he wanted to be. He got to be a pro wrestler, a successful pro wrestler and a fucking rock star. You know, that's how fucking cool
1: is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and this band's been around for a long time. Yeah. He's been doing this since maybe even as far back as when he was like just starting out in wrestling. He's been yeah, this band isn't new by any means. But yeah, when I saw it, oh, I was yeah, like no, I was like, You put you put a Fozzie song on here and then I listened to it I'm like, this song's really good. And it's not just I like know. it's not just like really good for a wrestling guy being the lead singer. It's just a really good song in Brilliant general. Song. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: It's so fucking like
1: like so like when I found it on Apple
2: and I listened to it, I was like you know you hear the crowd sing along like oh wow that's really kind of cool that anthemic sort of sound to it you know like this is obviously a great sing-along song so i pulled it up and i'm like jesus christ that's really fucking good it's like the guitar and everything but yeah it, it, it I, lyrically it's brilliant too
0: i love the fact that he like separates himself and his alter ego like in and, and doesn't won't admit that they're the same person but then he'll as that, chris jericho call out to fozzy and
2: that, that was early on i think when we were still watching wrestling when this was uh, all going on uh you know because they all had like it, the the band started as fozzy Fosborn, like it was just like a, <laughs> a, a metal tribute band yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's why fozzy stuck it was sort of like food fighters like Uh, You know, Foo Fighters was just a silly name he came up with as as an alter ego, and it you know just sort of stuck. (laughs) You know, know, but uh, but yes, but it is kind of funny to have a heavy metal band named after the bear. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Fuzzy Fosborn's actually Uh, way better.
2: (laughs) Yeah, what have I become now that I've betrayed everyone I've ever loved? I pushed them all away, and I've been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left for me to save in this wreckage of my life? Yeah, it's. Oh, this guilt is a heavy cross. There's the blood on the path I walk and each step I take is haunting me. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And like you said, Sean, it's a great fucking song, not just for a wrestler, for a fucking, you know, radio.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's absolutely yeah. it, this and the Richie Cotsen song were my two favorites this week because I hadn't heard yeah. them before. They just, yeah. they, they were, they were both really, really awesome songs to listen to. The rest of the songs were all pretty good too. I just had heard them all. You've heard them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So anyway, should, should we move on to our final song? We should. All right. Final song is our Sammy Hagar song for the week. And this is the very first song that he wrote with Van Halen when he joined the band in 1985. And I love the story that you have in the notes, D, about the, uh, about how basically they were playing and he was scatting through the song just, uh, and it just became a, became a song. I mean, some of the lyrics you can kind of tell that that's how it, uh, you know, that they were making up lyrics on the fly a little bit, you know, with it. But, um, but this song to me, I wanted to get it on here this week because school starts coming up this upcoming week. And I know some people have already even started school and summer nights is the song. And it seems fitting to use it while we're wrapping up summer, as opposed to like the middle of winter or something like that. So, But, uh, but, um, but I like this song a lot. It's, it's one of those songs that you don't have to think too much about. And the summer nights on my radio, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, in many ways that's what we did for a, a number of years is just drove around and listened to the radio and had a good time doing it and that's what this song makes me think about and and and
2: you bring up the school thing it, it kind of has that dazed and confused movie vibe to it mm-hmm. you know it, i i think it's a little older than that obviously that uh, but uh but yeah it just kind of makes me think about you know like hanging up at the hanging out at the wall uh in a uh in franklin you know sitting uptown or something like that or or you know washing dishes late at night listening to ymg at hamilton's yeah it, it just it very it makes me feel like like he said like summer like that mm-hmm. sort of thing so this is a song I, i've heard before
0: but i hadn't really thought too much about but i think it really captures just my thoughts on van halen as, as a band because it i think van halen typically incredible hooks like, like their songs have jump and, and like just some, some really great hooks, but this song leaves me flat in the verse part. And I, I think that happens a lot. And I think, I think it's probably in this case, it's the, the scatting, the scatting that you talked about with, with Sammy
3: mm-hmm. and just
0: kind of the way the song was written. But I really, I do really enjoy the, the hook, um, but then the rest of it, the rest of it, just kind of leaves me flat. Plus, I also was hoping it was a cover of the uh, the Grease Summer Night song. I, I thought that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the,
2: when I was listening to it the other day, this line stood out to me. Uh, I got a line, you got a pole. I'll meet you down at the old fishing hole. Yeah, them girls are biting good tonight uh whoa whoa yeah (laughs) i'm just trying to read it but i got a line and you got a pull that's gonna meet down at the fishing hole yeah at first i was like is he trying to be like is that is he trying to like like make an an analogy to something but no i think he's really talking about going down to the fishing hole. oh i don't think so i don't (laughs) don't think
1: think so at all i I think he's i think he's the girls are biting tonight yeah
0: The, the that part is about what i thought december was about
1: Oh, you know what?
2: I got a line could be like drugs. You got a poll, which could be like yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it's not good, but it's no. uh, but it's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, so the story—the story I was—I I wanted to bring up. Uh, you know, when we were talking about Poison having a new lead singer, was uh, I read an article this week with uh, uh, Joe Perry from uh, Aerosmith had talked about in the mid '80s. You know, when Aerosmith, when him and Steven Tyler weren't getting along they actually approached sammy hagar to replace re- no that's this not wasn't
1: true. the mid 80s this was about three years ago or four years ago it's been within the last oh. it's been within the last five years i'm gonna guess at least you know it, oh, it hasn't been that long ago okay
2: but yeah I, I i thought you know and and it's funny that you know sammy hagar and and uh steven tyler lyrically you know are kind of similar too so yeah. i i and it would be interesting to hear Sammy sing, like, Dream On or or, or shit like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. But, but Sammy doesn't want to sing other people's songs. I mean, like, like
0: he we've didn't already seen he, this He, once. he didn't it, want to
1: in Van Halen, much less, yeah. you know, like, Aerosmith, which that's all you would do is sing the hits. Because yeah. at least with Van Halen, it was still a new enough band to where when he wrote his own stuff, they could do mostly his stuff and then do a few of the Roth songs. I think now with Aerosmith, it would be... I just don't think it would work. I I don't think, I think both Sammy fans and Aerosmith fans wouldn't embrace that very well, but it'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I, it would be an interesting way. To, to hear them. It'd songs. be interesting to hear Joe Perry try to play Eddie Van Halen songs and they played Van Halen songs. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That was one that's thing sad. that always, that was one thing that always disappointed me about Chickenfoot was that was they all just decided we're not going to play. I mean, chili peppers would have been kind of weird if they would have done that, but I I could, I mean, Joe Satriani could have torn up some Van Halen songs and they would not do it. And I, that always disappointed me because I wanted to hear Joe Satriani do that. Cause I know you, I mean, he would have made him his own to a certain degree, but that would have been awesome. You know, and that, that, that would be the intriguing thing to me.
2: Yep. Uh, so let's uh, let's close out the show, Sean, with the uh, with the last bit of the uh, uh, message from Homer.
3: If you are wanting a copy on vinyl of tonight's transcripts, send fifty dollars in cash to Homer Seymour, and for an extra fifty dollars you can get one of five different color special edition stickers. If you order all five special edition colored stickers to make it a complete set, I will send you a sixth sticker. How generous. Yes, I know what you're saying, but you only have five colors. I do. The sixth one will match the color of your choice that you want two of. This special edition sticker will have the I T I O N on edition crossed <laughs> off. Don't what, hurry!
1: What does that even? I, I paused it for a second. What does that even mean? Special <laughs> it, Ed. It's yeah. It's
2: yeah. Special Ed. <laughs> yeah. He's basically <laughs> saying that if you buy all these different copies, you're an
1: idiot. <laughs> so he's a comedy. So he's a comedy writer now, is
3: what I'm getting he, out he's of. He's taking it. a shot at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John and Richie are waiting by their phones take your orders. D will give you their phone numbers. Get them before D buys them all. And now, since you have an hour or so of your life that you don't want back, <laughs> I give you the three pecker heads singing Mama, don't let your babies grow up to do podcasts oh with God. John <laughs> and D and that Ed other. That other ass. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. This is Homer Seymour, <laughs> and I have been, you have been listening to World, World World Radio.
1: Real World Radio. Hmm. Is it real or rule?
3: Good night. <laughs> happy trails until we meet again. Oh my gosh wow
2: that mama don't let your babies grow up to do podcast line crack me the fuck. i
1: i do think that that's how I, we should start introducing the show though it's sean and d and that other ass <laughs> 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 because he's Perfect. really he's calling us asses too d don't get i oh, mean cause he's just the absolutely. other ass <laughs> Right, right. We,
2: our name is on the show so uh, he just gets to be the other ass yeah. but he's also yeah obviously we're asses too oh
1: yeah. my gosh wow
2: yeah there was another clip uh, uh you missed uh in uh
1: him i wouldn't say i uh, missed me i'll see if i can find Dragon it we'll play it too. next week so yeah if he doesn't give us another awesome comedy writing bit between now and then <laughs> so hint the har- hint the sarcasm to Homer hint the sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all
2: right so the next show what do you guys want to do that's be episode 45. Uh, Not that that means anything anymore, but uh, uh, do you want to do another regular one?
1: Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's fine with me. You were talking about having something you needed to throw on here.
0: Oh, no, I have something totally different for our next regular one.
2: Oh, he's got that look on his face.
1: (laughs) Is this is this Homer related or is it? uh... Oh, (laughs) Um, Uh. Do you want to talk about anything before we go, Richie?
0: Uh, so I, I did want to say, uh, the, the follow on to this, um, this, this, uh, playlist on Amazon was blinding lights by the weekend. I have no idea how that came
2: up. You mispronounce it. It's weakened. Oh, cause there's no E. Yeah. <laughs> no e. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He thought yeah. two E's was enough. <laughs> yeah. that guy's and then, uh,
0: I fucking hate that and, guy. And then I know Sean's thinking something else, but I can't remember it.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's something that I can see on the screen right now. Oh yeah. 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 D, you just didn't notice what I was Oh no. That. I was
2: trying to figure that out earlier. What that said. Uh, yeah, he's, it's got a, uh, Jen and I's favorite band, Imagine Dragons a t-shirt on.
0: You <laughs> yes. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> their, their concert shirt from uh
1: 2018. You heard that here. He and Jen's favorite band, Imagine Dragons.
2: Yeah. That was, mm-hmm. that was my Homer sarcasm. Yeah, I <laughs> couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mama, don't let your babies
1: grow up to do podcasts. Oh my gosh! I thought that was going to be another "Don't let your babies grow up to be Cowboys fans" is where he was going with that. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. it yeah. was it was a great line. Mama, don't
2: let you you know, especially it was from it one was of our parents. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, Homer!
1: All right, so we'll figure out some songs and we'll do another show in the next two, three, I don't know, month. We'll see. We'll we'll get one on here sometime. We have no set schedule anymore with this show, so. Anyway, and and Richie and I'll also have our review of uh, the Counting Crows concert next time we do a show, most likely too. So, because I really doubt we do one before next Saturday. Have you uh, had time to
0: watch the McCartney three two one? I have not yet. No, I have not. Disappointment.
1: Yeah. Disappointment. Well, as you can t- tell by the way things work for me, I have watched half of the Suicide Squad, not the entire yeah. movie yet. So, <laughs> everything's broken up into into little segments right now. So. Anyway, on that note, should we wrap it up, gentlemen? Sounds good. All right. We will see you all next week here on Sean and D's podcast. I
3: want you to know it's over. Well, bye.